0: Micah 7, 8, and 9 says this. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I sinned against him until he pleads my cause and he executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light and I shall look upon his vindication. Let me pray. Father, it's just so clear to me that you showed up, and I don't have any reason to be here besides that fact. I don't think anybody else here does either. You've got a plan and a purpose for everyone sitting in this room and everyone who hears this message and everyone who came here to worship your son today. Maybe they're curious. Maybe they don't know him. Maybe they want to know him. Lord, I pray that you would show up as you did for me as you did for Israel, as you did for all your people. And that Advent might mean something uniquely special this year to someone because God shows up. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall. It was somewhere around, I was probably about six When I started getting like sick to my stomach, um, anxiety and fear, I had experienced some uh, sexual trauma that nobody else knew about um, except me. And I was terrified that somebody was gonna find out about it. My parents didn't know, friends didn't know, nobody knew. Just me. And it stayed that way until I was about 27. I'm 36. And I used to get physically sick with anxiety because I was just convinced that God hated me. Um I had this feeling of, you know, I thought that I was maybe I was gay. I didn't know because it was a it was a boy and, and things like that. I thought maybe I was. Maybe God hated me now. I'm like, there was all of these weird feelings for a six, seven, eight-year-old to have, right? And I kept that in me for a long, long time. Um, I was a really funny kid, though, right? Which typically people who are super depressed are really funny. So if you're real funny, I know, I'm on to you. I know what you're up to. Let's talk. Um, But behind that... That little boy that was funny, was a kid who was very, very anxious and very, very afraid. And I wanted so badly to forget my life. And that was a really weird thing to have as a six, seven, eight year old. And I see that now looking back on it. It's just the way that it was at the time. Um, I decided that, you know what, I hate God then because he doesn't like me anyway, so. If he doesn't like me, I don't like him. And I also don't like Christians. And that was a problem because my family were Christians. And so guess who was the lightning rod of my aggression? My family. Um, The anger grew and grew and it escalated and it just got deeper. And I just started getting in trouble at school all the time from like second grade on. Nobody understood why. They're like, I don't get what's wrong with this kid. I just don't get it. You know, my parents were completely baffled. They're like, "I don't know. He's really funny at home. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't cause trouble. I don't know why he's cussing out a teacher or, or doing that kind of thing." And to be honest with you, I don't really know either. It just felt like it was a safe person to yell at, and so I just took out my aggression on teachers. Uh, I don't know why they represented that to me, but I did, and uh, it just grew and grew and. I started getting kicked out of schools and expelled in middle in middle school, and it's weird because I wanted so badly to forget what had happened that, like, I grew obsessed with control, and I was determined that I was going to control everything around me, and that's how I could that's how I could make it right. And one of the ways that you can control is through violence and it's through anger and aggression. You ever meet a very angry person, it's very likely that they're just obsessed with controlling their environment. And so I just started doing all the things that you would think maybe somebody in middle school and high school would do to forget pain and to control their environment. I drank a lot. I drank a lot for like a teenager. Like I was drinking 40s on the regular and put on a bunch of weight. <laughs> Don't drink 40s, it's just full of calories, it turns out. <laughs> um, I did though, I put on a bunch of weight because I was just sitting around. I got, cause I got kicked out of school all the time. I was running away from home. I was doing all those things and it got bad. Um, I wanted to recreate myself and, and somewhere around this time, I was about a sophomore in high school, is when I just basically just walked off the edge completely. Around that time, I had met my, uh, my, form, my former, sorry, my, <laughs> my wife. Uh, <laughs> my former girlfriend is what I meant. It's kind of hard to explain because we met when we were like 15 and 16, right? Now we're married and it's just a whole thing, but I met her when we were 15 and 16. And so she happened to bump into me right around the time that I was walking off a cliff. And uh, you can talk to her about why that was appealing to her, but she was like, let's go. And so we did. Um, Street life and gang life was something that I got into real quick, because I realized um, that I naturally made friends with people who were angry too, and who were taking out their aggression on authority and, and basically wanted to just tell the whole world what they could do with themselves and I was like bet let's do it and uh so I got into that and it's weird because it's almost like it's almost like I recreated my whole identity and became somebody anything to not be that scared little kid that was victimized by the world I was going to make the world my victim rejoice not over me oh my enemy when I fall. I became abusive. I became paranoid. My house got shot up when we were 17. Um, I drank and drank and drank. Started getting into more and more serious type of activities, petty crime. The thing about sin is that it escalates. Petty crime turns into felonies, turns into people going to prison, turns into people dying. Drugs escalate, starts out here, it ends up with somebody overdosing. All of that was becoming a normal kind of thing in my life. And uh, I I wanted, at, at one point in time, I wanted so badly to quit. Like, there were so many times where I was like, man, I just, I wish, I could, I just wish I could change and be different. I don't want to be angry no more, but my, my pride and my ego wouldn't let that go yet. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, though I fall, though I sit in darkness. I was at a Youth for Christ retreat um, couple years ago, and somebody asked, what would the name of your book be for your life? Though I sit in darkness. Though I sit in darkness. Me and Chels went through like 18 different breakups because I was the worst kind of dude to hang out with. We ended up uh, doing what unguided youth do when they decide they want to be serious. We said, we should have a baby. And uh, 19, we went ahead and did. But I was too abusive to, to live with, and so she packed up and she left, which was a wise move. Though I sit in darkness. Friends became enemies real quick. You know, when everybody's, when everybody's stealing, you're next. When everybody's plotting on somebody, you're next. When violence is the method of, like, how you establish who's who and what's what, you're next. In all of the ways that I had planned on controlling my life and controlling my environment and making sure that I was never the victim again. There I was, completely victimized by my own sinful heart. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. One night I was about 24, I'd went out with a couple of friends of mine. We were gonna go drink, I was with my brother. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but essentially I found out that my child's mother had moved on and was happy without me. And that was like the last straw in my life of like, it's over. I can't live this way no more. I hate my life. So I got real drunk because I didn't know Jesus yet. I'm like, what am I going to do? So I just got real, real drunk. And I was sitting on my couch. And I used to get so angry. I don't know if any of you ever experienced anger like this, but I used to get so angry that I would like shake and like bang my head on the wall and do weird stuff. I was probably demonic. Pretty con. Pretty sure it was demonic. And uh, so, I was sitting on my sitting on my couch, and I never felt so alone. Though I sit in darkness, and I started getting angry, and I started shaking. And then this like throbbing voice came in my head because you got an enemy. I don't know if you guys know this, but you have an enemy and he hates you and he will lie to you. And he said to me, this is your life. This is your life forever. You should kill yourself. And I remember thinking, you're right. So I'm sitting there on my couch and I'm, mad. And I'm done with life. And I'm like, look, it's over. I'm gonna kill myself. The Lord will be a light unto me. It's been a long time since I told this story. But God showed up. This little voice And he said, aren't you tired? That's all he said. I didn't know who he was. It's just, I heard it. I can't tell you why, I just did. He said, aren't you tired? And drunk, sitting on my couch by myself, I said, yes. Out loud, yes. And I start bawling. Broke, the damn broke, hallelujah. And it broke, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall rise, and though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me and to you. And he showed up, and I cried, and I cried, and then I passed out, because I was drunk. And I was emotionally unstable. And I passed out, and I woke up the next morning, and I wasn't angry. Asked my wife, it was the only thing that changed her mind. I wasn't angry no more. Nothing had changed circumstantially. Life still sucked in about 3,000 ways. I had 1,000 problems, but I wasn't angry. And instead of pointing my finger at everybody and always blaming them, this is the other thing that God did for me, it's called repentance. I realized that I was the reason for my own downfall. That I did this to me. That I ran away. Even though I was a kid, man, I ran away. I did like Adam. I went and hid because I was afraid. And I didn't want God to find me. I didn't want him to find me. I wanted to stay hid. But I didn't know who he was yet. And so I remember sitting there thinking, okay, who are you? Obviously something just happened. And uh, I had this weird, just like, for the first time in my life, this overwhelming feeling that I ought to read the Bible. Never felt that way before. Never. Zero. I didn't even know it was one whole story. I wasn't sure what it was, to be honest with you. I knew Jesus was in it. So I called my dad and I and I asked if I could borrow his Bible and he was more than happy to do that. And, uh, and I opened it up. And I started reading the Gospel of Matthew. And all of a sudden, it was like, I get Jesus. I understand the story of Jesus now. For the first time in my life, I've heard people talk about like, I remember one time I got into it with this, with some folks and and some bad things happened and I felt really guilty about it. And and I was probably about 16. I went to my dad and I was like, because for some reason, because I knew he was a believer, there's something I always kind of like wanted to probe. You know, I I didn't get it, but I asked him, I said, I'm going to go to hell. I just know it. Look at the evidence. And he said, well, do you believe in Jesus? And I said, I have no idea what that means. What does that mean? Explain that to me. How does that even apply? I'm wondering whether or not I'm going to go to prison, and you're asking me whether or not I believe in Jesus. How does that apply? Sitting on my couch, I open up the Gospel of Matthew, and it. Advent, the light shine in the darkness, you can't save you. I can't save me. No matter how much control I try to exert, no matter how much violence I try to make the world into my kingdom, no matter how much I try to shield myself, all of those things will turn back upon you. And they will destroy you. Only Jesus can save a wicked man like me. Put me in the scales. Please don't, Lord. Put me in the scales. You're good versus you're bad. How do you take back the fact that people are mentally and emotionally and, and physically scarred by your life? What am I going to pay? What restitution can I give? The fact that you're scared to go to the ATM still to this day is because of me. How do I make that right? How do I pay back the abuse? You can't. And if you're hoping to get weighed in the scales, I love you, but you're a fool. Hear this very odd verse. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. Do you understand how those two verses make no sense? I will bear his indignation because I sinned against him until he pleads my cause. What cause? What cause did I have? What cause did Israel have? What cause do you have? What, what, what's he pleading? Jesus died to plead your case. I sinned against him, and he's going to plead my cause because Jesus died for me. a wicked man. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I sinned against him until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me and he will bring me out into the light You hear that? And I will look upon his vindication. You have an enemy and he hates you and it ain't God. Jesus is your advocate. He loves you. He pleads your case. You don't deserve it. Take it. All other paths lead to downfall. Don't ask to be weighed in the scales. Let me pray for us. Father, you are so good. And there's somebody in here right now who understands exactly how I felt that day. They've been lost for way too long. Show up. Change their heart. Break through, that, break through that callous that's built up from a long life of sin. And let them know that you are their friend. That you did not come to condemn the world, but to save it through your son. And that we might have life. And that is what Advent is. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord is a light to me. In Jesus' name, amen.